Don't forget to check out the Hockey Podcast Network's newest affiliate, NHLShop.com. That's right, the official NHL merchandise page. Right now, they're giving 20% off orders over 25 bucks with code NHLICE25. Also, if you use our link that we're going to tweet out after this episode, you can help support us and the other hosts at the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to Offside by a Mile, the podcast for anything and everything Colorado Avalanche, and the official Avs podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the final episode of the season-ish, whatever. Do we want to call it the end of the season, Jared? I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah. The end of the regular season, officially. The, the regular season. The, yeah. It was such a regular season out here. Yeah, regular. <laughs> uh, the final episode of the first or inaugural season of the Offside by a Mob podcast is upon us. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole has decided it's it's summertime uh, for the most part for us. Uh, so we're going to take that. We're going to go enjoy some Sundays off of recording and enjoy some golf. For Jared and Brett, maybe myself. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm gonna enjoy some, you know, more retired time while I'm laid off. <laughs> retired you know, time, all that good stuff. Uh, it's been a blast. We just wanted to have one more episode. Uh, we had another guest we wanted to get on before we called it quits. But that being said, we will be back for playoffs. We will be back for season two uh, of the Offside by Mod podcast. We have some exciting stuff to come at you with next year. Obviously, we're jacked up about some abs playoffs ho- playoff hockey. I can't playoff speak. Maybe hockeys. that's why I'm taking a break. Yeah, regain my English. Can't even say offside by a mile properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a huge shout out to everybody who's joined us and listened to our episodes this year. It's been a blast. It's been fun growing with the network. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to be at summer break time as well. Um, with with the amount of content we've had to put out without hockey being played, it's been tough. It's definitely been uh, th- th- times have definitely been easier for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going through the season, we'd watch two games and be like, "Oh man, we got mountains of content here." <laughs> uh, obviously, with what's going on too around the states and around the world, there's that. Uh, again, hope everybody's staying safe in Denver and area and everywhere else where you're listening from but uh yeah um couple things before we get to our final across quarantine edition um as the people who follow us on twitter have been noticing uh the kale mccarr arguments and the quinn hughes arguments are in full force and i love it uh i and jared and all of us need to Stand up for Kel McCarr because this is bullshit. Everybody with the Quinn Hughes content, comments and the the points arguments it's driving bullshit. me nuts. The, point, 
the points argument yeah. of just straight up. That's being, the worst. One. Like, oh, he's got three more points. He must be the rookie of the year. Fuck in, that. In a season where we're talking about point percentage, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh my god, Kale McCarr's point percentage. Yeah, especially the fact that McCarr has more goals and stuff, and it's just like, can we? Can we? There's not? so many like, arguments for Kale McCarr over Quinn Hughes. Like again, there's a lot of arguments for Quinn Hughes. This is there a is. close race. It is. It is a legitimate race. It's not. It's not Connor McDavid versus. Panera or something like that is not the this is not the argument yeah they're both young very young they're both are like it's not Panarin was a rookie at 24 years old he that was old right right these guys are same age basically like it, it is it's crazy it's it's amazing it's two defensemen having a battle for this to, to call the trophy all that stuff however uh if you want to be entertained Follow our Twitter account. Watch our arguments with the Hockey Podcast Network host, whatever yeah. it may be. But for now, like I, I think that's that's the it's the main it's the main topic of hockey conversation for us when it comes to Avalanche news is a what's going to happen with all the NHL awards. Obviously, people are having the argument on whether or not McKinnon should be winning the heart. Which again, I think he's the I think he's the runner up. I think he is the. Yeah. Quinn Hughes of the Hart Trophy. <laughs> I think there is an obvious choice for the Hart, and I believe it's Dry Settle. It's um, hard to hard to argue against, right? For uh, like a guy that outscores McDavid, yes, they're on the same team, and it, if you want to go with valuable, then it's Hart. It, like it, it's if you want to go by strict definition, like we talked about last week, sure, McKinnon definitely has a legitimate shot. Mm-hmm. However, Dry Settle had a phenomenal year. He scored a crazy amount of points in the games he played. It's he, he, he deserves it hundred percent. I believe that's fair. Yeah. Cam We've said it a million times. I believe he is the man. I believe he's the man for the heart for the Calder. And then like we said last week, Joe Sackick GM of the year. I, I, and yeah, running away with it still, you know, like recapping everything that, he, that, you know, he's done for the team. And we didn't even touch on Caudry. Yeah, Last right, week. right, because we talked about it after we stopped recording. We're we like, didn't even touch Kadri, on the Codra like, trade. Yeah, like that was that was a big blockbuster trade that you know lots of question marks, and we've seen you know throughout the year that was a huge pickup, right? Massive so it's just, pickup. It's, it's all of that, and it's just I don't know what we're gonna see out of the NHL when it comes to the awards. We don't know, like I, they have they haven't even figured it out themselves. Uh, I've seen some stuff in Canadian media where it's like the NHL might kind of roll it out baseball style where it's kind of like one a day, like one trophy a day, kind of mm. leading up to like the return of sports or return. return of, Which I feel that'd probably be a good idea. It'd be kind of a cool way to hype stuff up. Yeah, and if that's the case, then it. we're probably looking at July by finding out like Kale McCarr is rookie of the year. And there's a lot of days between now and then to discuss the Makar versus Quinn Hughes <laughs> argument. And I I feel like we're on the right side. I, I think I can't remember who it was that shared that eighteen voters picked picked Makar for the Calder and all that stuff, the article that was on the THPN post, the poll there. Uh before anybody goes nuts that was following that poll on Twitter, there's a lot of Vancouver fans that are THPN fans just because that's where 
THPN originated was Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So that's probably part of why the poll is skewed. Not and it's not even skewed. It's fifty two percent Quinn Hughes. Last time I checked, right? Like it's it was, it was tight. It should be tight. Yeah, I think we're gonna see the right coin flip. I think so too. Come up on that one, but we still have to wait. And uh, how long we wait is up in the NHL's hands. And we're just, just join the rest of the list of shit we're waiting. Just for. like the draft lottery. They're probably going to fuck it up. <laughs> uh, obviously, they're not going to have an award show like they normally do. So they literally have free reign on doing basically any sort of results reveal. Yeah, just grab some people for some uh, video interviews. It's going to be crazy. It's, go. it's going to be fun, though, I think. I think it's going to be a better awards. Um, I don't know what the word is. Presentation than we've ever seen because the award show is awful. I mean, yeah, it's pretty bland and meh. They try like and whatever. bring some sort of comedian to host it, and it's just not good. It's just not. Yeah, it never really pans out to high-quality entertainment. Right, so um, I don't know. It's I think this will be a fun one. But we'll It'll see. be something different, so, you know. I think it's going to be fun because we're going to have Makar to, to cheer on. Yeah. All that good jazz, so. But, yeah, so um, I don't know. Any final thoughts, Jared, before we get into our interview here about our first season in the hockey podcast network. Um, other than, you know, you know, follow us on Twitter offside by a mile. Uh, we will update. We're going to, you know, t- like Tyler already kind of said, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here, potentially a couple of weeks, potentially a month. We're not really sure yet. You know, if we get some good news or some news in general, we'll come back record an epi for the boys and the girls out there. I think it's safe to say that, us and the Stick and Rink podcast, which is the Vancouver right, we affiliate talk. of the Hockey Podcast Network, we will be having an episode when and if the results come out on this rookie, the, this Calder Trophy. Yeah, voting. I feel like that'd be a good. Uh, I feel like epi. that's a guarantee. We haven't talked to them this year either, nope. so it's now yeah. then is as good as time as any for sure. When yeah. that when that news comes out, we'll definitely be having a chit chat about it. Uh, when training camps come back, I believe we're kind of penciling in like a week before training camp. We'll probably release an episode and then go weekly from there. Um, I know in our heads, we're definitely thinking like multiple episodes a week again, once games legitimately start happening. I, that's yeah. You know. We've, we've been chatting for an hour without hockey content. I think it's going to be. We're gonna be so hyped. We're gonna be so hyped to talk when this, about hockey. When there's when hockey back. back, man, we'll 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 be here. We'll be here. <laughs> so, don't worry about that. But uh, I really hope you guys return and keep watching, keep listening to to the boys here at Offside by Mile, and the rest of the network too, man. There's so many good podcasts out there. We were kind of talking about that last night and stuff. Like, there's there's some great podcasts out there. Like Tales with TRs, just banging every time. Crushing. Uh, we got like the fourth line. Uh, what else? Like the the two hockey ladies, man. Yep. Like, there's some great, great podcasts out there. And then Leavold with Heroin to Hockey, really interesting list. And I've listened to a couple of those over the past week, and super, super interesting stuff. And just really cool to, you know, hear about all these different aspects of of hockey and the hockey life. So make sure you support the rest of the network too, because. Man, we got content pumping out left and right here, and when hockey's on, we're gonna be going full force. So, cheers! It's been you know, it's been super, super fun year here, and 
We picked the right team. We picked the right we damn pick, team. We definitely picked a nailed it. beautiful team to, to support and to host and yeah. to follow. It's been fun. The fandom I've, I have uh, acquired. acquired and created of yeah. the Avs has just blown all expectations out of the water. Yeah, Covering this team has been a blast. For anybody who is a diehard Avs fan, I hope we do them justice. And if we don't, please let us know. Please tell us what we can do better at. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. And speaking of fantastic talent that the Hockey Podcast Network has, our guest this week on Across the Quarantine is the newest host for the Hockey Podcast Network, the new host of the New Jersey Devils affiliate podcast, uh, Neil Villapiano, uh, as apparently I say correctly. Nailed so it. It's great. Um, so, yeah, here's the interview uh, coming right up. And uh, please enjoy, and we will we will see you soon. All right, the final, hopefully final edition of Across the Quarantine comes to you today with a very special guest, the newest member of the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Neil Villapiano. I don't know. That's probably Thank super you. wrong. Is that right? Everybody in this network has gotten my last name right, and I find that to be incredible. Well I, ju- well I just re- I just read it like it's spelled. It's not. No, thank you, and that's what you're supposed to do. But like, it's like my last name. Other... People get mine wrong, and I'm like, dude, it's Justin Burger. Like, that's, that's it. It's but like people in other podcasts for other sports have been. And they go like they screw it up, or like I get emails or mail that spell my name wrong, and I'm like. It, it shouldn't take you this long to figure out. <laughs> People are... but, I appre- but Tyler, I appreciate the fact that you said it right. Nice. Uh, thank thank you. you. I just totally guessed. <laughs> uh, I went as white as possible, and it worked. All there right. you go. Uh, anyway, Neil is the new host of the New Jersey Devils affiliate podcast. Um, can, just ramble. Go for it. Introduce yeah, you your podcast. It? Sure. So, yeah, um, my name is Neil Villapiano, as you can see on the screen, and uh, I am the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So that is the new official Devil's podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, I'm really excited to join the um, the network and just be a part of it. Uh, I've already gotten to know a lot of guys like your yourselves, and uh, I feel like I've been here like the whole time just because of how great you guys have been and um, you know how welcoming. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to talking Devils hockey. We certainly have a lot to talk about going into this offseason that we now officially know uh, that right. it's an offseason. Yeah, when you when you talk about silly season being the offseason, the New Jersey Devils and the Detroit Red Wings are probably the two teams that look forward to it the most. Yeah, I would say so. I think that <laughs> realistically, when I was looking at how they were saying the 2014 playoff before it was actually announced, they said, I don't think they'll get in, but like I can at least hope that maybe somehow we slipped in by accident. But now that like it's official that we're not in it and we have an offseason, it's like, okay, now the organization can focus on the draft lottery and just preparing themselves for that and not have to worry about playing a couple extra games, whether they get it, whether they make the playoffs or they don't. So that's kind of the positive, I guess I would say from that. But it still it still sucks nonetheless because we if we had beaten the Penguins at home, which we usually do, and that was one of the few times that Pittsburgh actually beat the Devils at the Prudential Center. Um, we would have jumped over, I think, um, what was it, Montreal, and gotten into the last spot. But right. didn't happen, and uh, now we're in the offseason. Yeah. Um, well, you guys get to, get to uh, be excited about the 2014 playoff. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, def. We we've talked about this at length. It seems I'm not I'm not super jacked up by the 2014 playoff format. Like I know that it had to be more than 16 teams. I'm not one of those people that's like straight up against the extra teams being in the plan. I'm not. That that's just like the end of the season is a huge time for teams to get hot and go on a run. That is you cannot argue that teams do that and win the cup. Like teams get hot late and win cups. It, it the LA Kings did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventh place seed or whatever they were. I think they were eight. eight. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, uh, they were eight. And, they, and who did they beat in that year? The Brother? Devils. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just pour, just pour lemon juice on the wound yeah, while, you're, while you're at it. Super accidental, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but really, I just, I don't, I don't like the fact that the games are meaningful right off the hop. But at the same time, I didn't want them to play regular season or exhibition games. That would have been awful too. That would have been a waste of time. So it's just, it's weird. I liked some of the other the, like suggestions better, but it is what it is. It's what we got. That's all we all we got to deal with. And to be honest, I want hockey back, and that's all I really care about. So the Avs are going to crush, and we're going to be fine. Right? Right. I mean, right. I can't, I can't really <laughs> argue it that much. I mean, the Avalanche, like a handful of other teams, I think is a playoff. Uh, team I think that the the chemistry that they have and the core that they have is capable of it and the fact that there are going to be no fans is going to be an advantage and a disadvantage I think to every team that's in it because you're going to have games that you're going to have uh, I mean let's face it we are going to see some upsets I I don't think that we can't deny I don't think you can't you can't go into this playoff series or season or whatever you Mm want to call it and expect no upsets after what we saw last year that too, yeah. Last year was right, exactly. upset heaven, like almost every series. <laughs> yeah, no, right? it was it was crazy. Every single one. I think the one that stands out the most, I guess, to me was you know San Jose coming back from three one against Vegas, being down three nothing in Game Seven at home, and then score four in a row, and then end up winning it at overtime. I mean, it was like the craziest finish, and that was the opening round. That wasn't like. The conference finals. That was the first round, and Dude, then they had to play two more. If you like the biggest, the biggest difference between hockey and basketball is like playoff wise is mm-hmm. the first round. Hockey, exactly. the first round is the best round. Basketball, the first round might as well not even happen. <laughs> a lot of the time, right? right? Like For it's sure. just like it's a waste of time, right? Where hockey, man, like you have eight series running, so you got four day. Right. And it's just like, it's must watch TV every single game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, no, there, there's, right there's the no start. series where you look at it and you're like, wow, that's a upset. Like you're like, that's just, well, Tampa Bay versus Columbus. You're like, wow, Tampa Bay is going to crush. And you're like, Oh, they just lost four nothing. Yeah. Okay. okay. That was great. I was right? so much. I was laughing every, after every game. Cause I'm like, Columbus is really going to sweep Tampa. Like it's not even going to be <laughs> yeah. close. And it wasn't. And what, what weren't weren't they down like three nothing in the first period of game one? Yeah, and then they just and were they, like, actually no, we're gonna yeah. win now. Well, and if you they go just back, never look back. If you go back to John Tortorella's like speech in this first intermission, he was like dropping f bombs and saying like, <laughs> "Are we really here just to get our ass kicked in four games and go home, or are we here to win and actually make a run?" And they ended up proving it, and they made Tampa Bay pretty much the laughing stock of the NHL from last season. And I think, I mean, they go into this playoff and I think what would be lovely, and I don't know how possible this could be, but if Columbus could get past Toronto, which, you know, 
it could happen. Honestly, happen. it could happen. happen. <laughs> I would love to see Columbus in the second round, or I guess you'd say the first official round would play Tampa Bay in like that rematch. Oh, and, just be like, and I right, think that's actually possible. It's very possible because with like just the way the reseed is going to happen now that we know right. that's official too, right? right? Which we were really kind of pledging for. Which yeah, is... like I really, really, really wanted the reseed after the playing round. I don't crazy. think they needed to do it after every round. Yeah, it's kind of crazy they're doing it every round. That's, that's, that's going to change around chaos, a lot. Honestly. It, yeah, like... We're ugh. asking for a lot of weird series, like series where you'd say there's a lot of stacked talent, and then you look at others and you'd say, I don't know how this is going to end up going. Yeah, so like we kind of talked about it when the, when the reseed news got announced, and it was just like the NHL just never can find a way to like happy medium stuff. They just, right. it's got to go like full one way or full the other way. <laughs> right. Uh, but like, again, talking about the meaningful games and stuff right off the bat, Ooh. there was Tampa Bay had the same discussion, right? Like that's why Kalorn said that Tampa Bay voted no against the current 2014 format Ooh. was because they felt that those round Robin games between the top four in the conferences weren't going to be as meaningful as the play in series with, Right. All, all the other 16 teams, right? And then all of a sudden, the NHL's like, actually, though, your <laughs> seed from that round robin is going to be hella important because it's going to set up your entire playoff. Right. But, yeah, not so, just I mean, next it, series. It's not just the next every one. Series. Every right, series. Right, right. So it's going to be different every single time, and I think that that's going to give every team the extra motivation for all of these games, even for the team, the top four teams that are going to be playing I guess like what is it three games and then they that determines yeah. the seating or yeah. four. So yeah, it's like, like it's, it's so that it's gonna be it's every game they they pretty much said the NHL pretty much said we are going to literally make every single game as important as you know game seven possible. of the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, it's right. crazy. It's like let's just let's just put pure chaos. I'm I sure can, Gary like, Bettman was laughing, saying, "You do realize what we're what we're going to be asking of these teams, right?" And everybody's like, "Yep." Yeah. So well, and I think it. I think part let's of the reseeding, I think part of why they went with the reseeding the way they went, is because a team like Montreal, hypothetically, if Montreal does beat Pittsburgh, they will be playing the highest seed until they're out. Yeah. And that is the best way to make sure that the Montreal Canadiens don't win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I that, same guy. Is that why a team like Toronto is going to have to play the lowest seed every single round so that they can try to help them win the cup? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Because like, really, the thing is with being an eight, like being the eight seed is what the Leafs are. You're in theory, you're going to be the low seed more often than not. Right. Assuming upsets aren't just everywhere every series right (laughs) Right. so like i don't like i i just the leafs uh, they're in such a shitty spot so like i i have a couple teams that for different reasons that i want to see win like as a devil's fan and and knowing the situation with ours when it comes to the conditional picks we obviously want arizona and um and vancouver to win their play in round so that we can get their uh first round picks so we could have three in this year's draft which would be Fantastic. Ideal. So yeah, sure. I know I know Isha's not going to be happy that I don't want um, Minnesota to win. Um, but he that's he not- is not unhappy regardless of that series win because right. being a huge Knox fan personally <laughs> and then covering the Minnesota right. Wild, 
it's going to be hard for him. He just needs that series to be over. Right. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just, he's like, I don't care. Just whoever gets past, let's just get past it and move on with my life. Yeah. yeah exactly. But we don't. And I mean, I also would love to see like, I, I would really like to see Columbus just once again, give, give a, give us some team to laugh at. And I think Toronto would be even more perfect than Tampa last year. Cause it's Toronto <laughs> and everybody's saying this it's- is Toronto's year. They're going to win the cup. Like they say every other year. And then it doesn't happen. And then they say, the team sucks. Everyone should be trained. Fire like, them all. Yeah, I'm waiting well. for Columbus to win in, win in three so that someone says, I think Austin Matthews should be traded. Like, I'm waiting for that. And that I'm will waiting. come. Will. Especially will. if he doesn't like, score. Yeah. And I'm loving, I'm loving Edmonton Oilers fans going, we really have to play Chicago. Mm-hmm. Dude, there is. All the teams you decided to have us play against. You want us to go up against Chicago. Yeah. There, really? there is not a better series from a just hockey fan perspective. Well, sorry. That's probably biased from us, being that we're Calgarians and obviously hate the Oilers across the board. <laughs> there is nothing more fun than watching them get matched up against the Chicago Blackhawks oh. in the playoffs. Because they yes, know. It's a perfect we know storm. What's happen. Yes, it's yeah. not the real playoffs, but it's just about. It's and just the oh, perfect. God damn, it would be so funny oh, if they it's lost. It's going to be. And, like, you know, another thing, another team I'd like to see, and I know that some people are not going to be happy, but, like, I would like to see Montreal pull up an upset. But my only problem with it is this I don't want to even give the Penguins any sort of chance that they could possibly get the first overall pick. Because if they somehow, with the 3% chance that they actually have, if they don't make it out of the playing round, get Lafreniere, I I mean, I can't think of a more better situation to say, how is this not rigged? You are literally trying to help a team that doesn't need any more help. That same statement can be said about the Oilers as well. Exactly. True, true. But what is it? No, but here's the thing with the Oilers. What, like... How far have they gotten since they got Hall, who not, is not even with them anymore? Uh, Dreisaitl, McDavid, um, every single goaltender that they tried to bring in since 2006. Hey, don't forget um, Yakupov and <laughs> Yakupov. I mean, let's you know, let you know, there are people that are saying like Jack Hughes is the worst first overall pick in NHL history, and I'm like, um, I think Neil Yakupov would have something. He to say still plays about, in the yeah. NHL. He is far from the worst. But. Right. But, like, but it's not, stuff like that. He's not it's even the worst like, in the last 10 years because of Yakubov. Yeah. Like, there you go. Man. But like, I, I just, that was the only thing about the whole format that I kind of disagreed when they said every team that gets knocked out of the first, of the qualifying round has like a 3% chance. I'm like, why are you even giving them a chance? Well, like, so see that, see, I don't think that's fair because of the fact that if you want to treat this as not the playoffs, which you should be treating the play-in rounds as not the playoffs, right. and every team that loses missed the playoffs, so they still have to have a shot. The problem I see with it is the fact that, A, we're going to know about it beforehand. Right. Right? Like, on the 26th of June, right? I think that was the lottery day. 26th, yep. We're going to know if that first overall pick is going to a team that loses in the plans. We're going to know that. Yeah. We're not going to know who, but we're going to know that. Yeah. Right. And that if, a weird thing. if that fucking number comes up and it's a playing team that gets first overall, <laughs> shit is going to hit the fans so oh, fucking yeah. hard. I mean, I already saw that the Sabres, um, I think it was also the Devils, called the NHL offices, particularly Bill Daly, and said, the the... The fact that you have a phase two 
if we get to that point, all hell is going to break loose. Yeah. You understand that, right? And he, and they go, well, we're very sensitive to the teams that are not in it. Well, guess what? Those teams are going to be able to play a little bit, and they could also still get a top three pick. So what but do the at- teams that are not playing get? And they're like, well, we may do a, a tournament. And I'm like, for what? No, like, yeah. no player gonna- no player in the on any of the teams in the bottom seven want to come back, do a three-week training camp to play like a shitty meaningless like tournament thing for exactly. fucking money. Like nobody no, I mean, A, nobody wants to play that. And B, right. I don't think anybody wants to watch that. Right. And it, it, for a team like, you know, the Devils, we don't even have a full-time head coach yet. We don't have a full-time GM. We traded away everybody that was had any sort of value at the deadline, you would have to ask us to call up like four or five people from our minor league team just to have enough to play. You guys could have a rookie like, tournament. Oh, because I mean, yeah. that could be, I mean, that might be watchable. If you just straight up have what? like the bottom seven, have like a rookie tournament. Look, the problem would, is, is I would I'd like, like to see, see Riley Walsh. I would like to see Riley Walsh play a little bit before, you know, they, they make a decision on him. You know, it's, it's guys like that, but like, the whole idea when they said we may do a tournament of the seven teams, it's like that's not going to make anybody feel better about the situation. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like we're not going to play until like December probably because if you're following the guidelines that like the NBA is doing, because the NBA basically said we're not coming back for the 2020-21 season until December, the way you have your plans, even though you don't have specific dates – is basically the same thing. Yeah. So the reality is, is that we are in June. You're asking us to wait another six months before any of these guys can play again. But, but it's New Jersey. And does anybody actually want to watch hockey for the next six months? (laughs) Here we go. The classic let's crap on New Jersey because everyone in the state <laughs> likes doing this. Yeah. And right. I didn't realize that in Canada people like doing it too. Hell yeah, we do. Got, I guess they got the so I guess they also watched Jersey Shore and just got their assumptions from that as well. Sorry, my wife so, watches Jersey Shore. I try to uh, avoid that with like the plague, but it's just you uh, know what happens, okay? It's it's unfortunate that that show was ever invented, but you know, it is what it is. But look. <laughs> us as Devils fans, we would have loved to have been in the 2014 playoff. Even if we didn't get past the playing round, we would have been happy just to have played a couple more meaningful games before we go into the offseason. But the fact that there are certain guidelines that it feels like all seven teams that didn't make it are getting doubly punished because not only are they not playing, but all the teams that get to be in the playing round that get knocked out also have like a 3% chance of getting a pick and jumping that. Yeah. It's like we don't even freaking saying this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's and if we it, and since we don't have Taylor Hall, we're not we're definitely not getting a first pick this year. No, no way, zero. We're definitely chance. not getting it. Arizona yeah. will probably get it if Arizona gets knocked out. They're getting the first. Overall <laughs> yeah, they probably will. <laughs> first of all, if that like if that happens, if they somehow miss and their pick is the one that fucking hits first overall. I'm out. I just, I can't. Like, the draft lottery it, it, doesn't exist. It's the Taylor Hall lottery. Oh, man. Period. <laughs> just be everybody Taylor Hall has made the, the draft lottery right his bitch. He has Ta- made Taylor Hall <laughs> knows someone on the inside, if that is the case. Like, no question. No, because, like, they were, like, when we ha- when, it got ha- when it happened the first time and he tweeted out, like, oh, I must have this magical power. He then tweeted out again the same night when we go for it last year, and I'm like, 
if somehow this actually happens, Taylor Hall knows things that we don't know. But wait, had- but wait, but wait. What what if <laughs> hypothetically it's not Arizona that picks first overall, but Taylor Hall signs with the team that does pick first overall? Maybe he knew beforehand and rigged it for the team he was going to. Then it's so, even more fucked up. So I guess he'll uh, he'll get ready to move up to. Um... To uh, Buffalo, then, because no, he's gonna right. go to he's gonna go to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's gonna get the first. Oh, oh yeah, why, yeah, why not? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. He'll somehow go to Pittsburgh. He'll get the nine million dollars because somehow the Penguins will have enough cap space. And why not? Like it'll and it'll just be like fine. And I won't even boom. I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, oh well, here's a report that Taylor Hall may come back to New Jersey. I'm like, first of all. Our interim GM said the team is about four years away from being competitive. Taylor Hall specifically said he wants to be paid $9 million a year and also be in a playoff contender, which I've never, ever seen happen in the history of hockey. Last time I checked, the Devils are not close to either one of them. Maybe the $9 million they could get. They could give him $10 million if they felt like it. But I, I don't think Taylor Hall's getting nine. No, he doesn't be deserve nine. Point, right? He's a, he's he's four or five at the most. It'll and, definitely be more than that, but it's like, man, I I just I don't like with how he performed this year as a whole. Obviously, the big change to Arizona was not the greatest, but like, I just I I like I I understand NHL GMs are pretty dumb when it comes to free agency, right? Like it, it's. They will overspend almost across the board on the top guy. Panarin worked out so far. True. However, Bobrovsky, not so much. Right? Taylor Hall, oh, and we've all seen the like the free agency year of like Lucic and Neil and a bunch of those guys, right? Like that was That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was rough. Right? <laughs> so it's just like somebody somebody is going to make the mistake. Taylor Hall, yep. we've we said it before. Like when it was trade deadline time, Taylor Hall was open, and it was a thought that he was coming to Colorado. That we was, were like, that was a big one. We were even Devils fans. We were like, because in right right before the trade deadline, the Devils were in Colorado. And we were thinking, okay, yeah. and he wasn't playing that night. We, we were go, shitting our pants yep. here. We were like, we, okay, he's going. We did not want like, Taylor oh. Hall for a second on this podcast. Because he just didn't make sense. And it just didn't make sense for the, the assets you had to trade away to have him for one season. And to sign him long-term for big money was even more ludicrous. Like, it just did not right. fit our plans. Who was who was uh, Colorado's first-round pick last year? Uh, Bo Byram? Yeah, right. That was the guy that us as Devils yeah. fans, we kept saying. And every Avs fan was like, "Hell no, there is no way we are giving you Hell Bo Byram yeah. for Taylor yeah. Hall. Yeah. It's not yeah. happening unless... And they were like, what's the unless? So unless he re-signs. And I'm like, I don't know if Colorado's cap situation would allow him to get the money that he would want. It's a very, I'd it say wouldn't it's, fit it's in a, with that a, team. It's definitely a similar situation to to the Jer- New Jersey Devils cap situation where there's money there right, right. now. Mm-hmm. There's not money there in four years. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, oh, by okay. putting in that roadblock, it's gonna and bump it, somebody that, else. We, out. we talked about it forever, and it was just like that right there. Taylor Hall is not worth potentially losing Bowen Byram 
for that trade or for free agency because you couldn't pay him or for whatever right. the situation, right? And it was just like, man, it just didn't make any sense to load up another forward on this huge right. offensive powerhouse that we had this year. And like, yeah, exactly with the pickups of Burakovsky you, and stuff. If you had told me at the beginning of the season that Taylor Hall would have been traded to Arizona, I would have said, but why? <laughs> but why? Like, like, not, like, I'm not trying to... I'm not really trying to crap on the Arizona Coyotes, but I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not a playoff team. I mean, like I could like when they kept saying Colorado, I'm like, okay, from our standpoint, that makes sense because they're a playoff team. If the it pieces wasn't were there for State, sure. Yeah, right. And but then when I realized what Ray Shiro, the former GM, was trying to get for Hall, especially because it was before, it was like a month before or two months before the deadline. It wasn't like. We were at the trade deadline and we were at the last second and then we try to force someone. It was like, you had time, yeah. but you wanted like a first, I think a second. And they wanted also Bow and Byron. That's apparently what I heard yeah. was the deal. Us and I too. said, unless, because Taylor Hall is not at the level of a guy like Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin or McDavid or Matthews. He's not at that level. He's not a franchise player. And this is, I think, the way his his agent and maybe also Taylor Hall saw himself at this point. It's like he saw himself as that last missing piece and as that franchise player. And I think a lot of Taylor teams Hall is him. a star. He's not a superstar and he's not a franchise talent. He's a star. He's a star. hundred percent. Right. And he really developed a lot by coming to New Jersey and really making a name for himself. And, you know, we have to give him the credit where credit is due, but I think for him going into this market, especially with the economic standpoint because of the coronavirus, the fact that he's still firm on, I don't want anything other than a long-term deal. I don't know who would give him that money considering how much money people have lost. Yeah. That's why I don't see it happening either. Yeah. And yeah, bringing up, you know, his next contract here, I don't think he has any, you know, clout to be picky. Because no. how, how can you? Like, what have you proven the we've, last we've five years around, even? We've joked around the last couple of free agencies where you're like, eh, maybe this isn't the best time to be a free agent. This free agency is definitely oh, not the time to work. be a free it's agent. It's going to be rough for people this out is the, there. I mean, you have someone like an Alex Petrangelo who there's a good chance he'll probably end up taking a one-year deal with St. Louis just because of the fact that St. Louis – with the salary cap not going up that much, won't be able to afford him. And not a lot of teams, especially for a 30, 31-year-old defenseman, is going to feel comfortable giving him $8, 9000000 million. No. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of players are going to have to take some respectable cuts, and especially like in like a Petrangelo situation. If you want to be on a good team like St. Louis, you're probably going to have to take a cut. Yeah. And like it's, it's shitty that, because you're the captain and you you've you like he played himself into the role that he's in now, mm-hmm. but it's just you know kind of shit end of the stick here. Like we don't even have the money, right? So it's right. going to no, be tough. I mean, nobody, tough. Nobody's going to make a huge amount of money if ever if everything was normal. Then okay, we could start making our you know assumptions that oh maybe uh you know Petrangelo will sign a long term big money deal with St. Louis because. The way the salary cap was going to be going into free agency is that St. Louis was going to have enough money to give Petrangelo that long-term deal. Yeah. And I think 
Petrangelo really doesn't want to go anywhere else. I think he I don't wants think so to either. be Lewis. He's been the captain since David Backus left, and he brought them a Stanley Cup. Who else? What other captain in Blues history can say that they did that? Yeah, yeah. like it's not like it, it's things like that. But now, because of this financial situation for so many teams, I would be shocked if anybody got something that was like five million or six million. I'd say that is a huge amount that you're giving with so much unknown for the next two, three years. Yeah. It's definitely going to be the strangest free agency class we've seen in a very, very long time. And Mm -hmm. that's the other interesting aspect of like having the draft in 19 days as we sit from today. The lottery. The Sorry, sorry. The lottery is that like there's so, so much unknown. Like it's so, it's so crazy Mm -hmm. to think. It's also, if you go back to that, it's it's funny how the NHL is like, like you kind of said, punishing the bottom seven teams with just nothing. Mm-hmm. Like nothing to sell except for we're not playing hockey for the foreseeable, foreseeable future, and we don't have prospects to sell, right? Nope. So the only thing the NHL is giving those bottom seven teams yeah. to sell is this draft lottery that's happening on the 26th of June. But mm. it doesn't really mean shit <laughs> because it could go – all haywire and a play-in team could win the first, second, or third pick, and it's just a shit show. And in reality, because they're doing it before the play-in round, that's why it's so shitty. But yet, like you said, this is the only glimmer of hope for the bottom seven teams until next season, aside from the actual entry draft. And it's just it's so NHL to do it like this, where you're like, you could just wait a month. To the till the planes are over, basically. Right. And just do I, the draft lottery like, then. And it'd be like it'd be legit. You'd be like, oh, this team missed the play like they just missed the playoffs. It's fine. Yeah, I feel right. like they're right. putting it at risk of like an uproar of like, cause what if Montreal or Dude. whatever is gonna win this pick and it's, it's like somehow like what if all three picks knocked out of the first round and they get the first overall pick, all hell will break loose. Yeah. Because it will be like See, this is what we were trying to tell you by saying you are punishing all the teams that didn't make it and can't even play, and now you're giving a team that did play a consolation in, oh, you get the first overall pick. It's another one of those things, too. It's another one of those things, too, that just goes to the draft lottery system as a whole. I do like the fact that the draft lottery exists so you can't just sell the farm like Buffalo did in the McDavid draft when they got Eichel, mm-hmm. right? They they literally right. didn't even try to win hockey. They didn't even try to look like they were yeah. winning hockey. Like they, were, <laughs> they were an awful team. We can talk about the Colorado Avalanche, but, like, Nathan McKinnon was still here. There was, there was like, Landis Cog. There was hockey players here. Like, there was NHL studs on this roster, yeah. and they were, the Avs were just bad. Detroit this year. There's NHL players. This is what 25 years of success looks like <laughs> on the back end. They're just bad. Right. It's not their fault. They didn't trade everything. The right. Buffalo Sabres traded everything to get connor mcdavid i agree that the draft lottery system exists that that so that teams that do that don't just automatically get a guy like connor mcdavid i agree however like you said it and it thankfully the percentages haven't fallen this way but like every team that misses the playoffs has a shot at first overall and i'm not sure if that's the right move because hypothetically your team like right now Winnipeg could lose to Calgary. They were basically tied for that last playoff spot. They have a shot at the f- first overall pick. 
I don't think a team like that should have a shot at first overall. Yeah, right? Would, and and this is what we're, we're bleeding into, right? With the eight teams that do end up losing in the play-in round, they have a shot. I do think, like, Montreal and Arizona and Chicago, they deserve a shot. Right. Right? That's fair. Right? Like, I... I I, no, that's, almost... that's fair. That's fair because they were already not, if you look at it from the regular like top 16, they weren't there. They yeah. were not in the top eight. They weren't in the top eight in their situation. So and they weren't even them, close, right? Right. For them, you could say, okay, fair enough, like them. But if it's somebody like Pittsburgh or Toronto or, or... In Edmonton that gets the first overall pick where we already knew that they were probably going to be in the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. Now that they have this chance, it's like, that's that's a, that's legitimately unfair to the seven teams that knew for about three plus months that they were not going to make the yeah. playoff. Right. So it's just it. The draft lottery as a whole is kind of weird. The fact that it goes up the chain like that, because it's a whole issue of like, why do you deserve a shot at the first overall pick? Mm-hmm. If you if you finish ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. And are pushing for the playoffs. If you miss, why do you deserve a shot at the first overall pick? Exactly. But at no. the same time, how do you have this arbitrary line that's not making the playoffs below that where it's like, ah, this team does deserve it. Like, unless it's a floating number where it's like, okay, you know, this team was 10 points out at the end of the year. Maybe they deserve a shot at the first overall pick, right? But then it's a case of like, do you put like a positional number on that? Or do you put like a floating like, oh, this team was competing. Because if you do the floating one, then you're going to look at teams in the last five games of the season that are six points out, say, where it's very unlikely unless you win out that <laughs> you're going to you're gonna make the playoffs. So then do they just lose out to fall into that, oh, I can get first overall pick, right? Like this is why the NHL has such a problem with the draft lottery system as a whole because it's, yeah. not, it's not black and white. You can't simply put just – everyone in it and you can't also just make it up because then a team that's fringe a team that's fringe is like well, what the fuck the 11th place team had a shot last year where this year we're 11th and we're not going to get a shot this yeah. bullshit and it's right. just it's so hard but at the same time it's like man does a team like winnipeg just hypothetically right now as the season stands right. they are out but barely do they have a, a reasonable expectation to need the first overall pick or a shot at it no or, i don't think so yes they yeah, and like, yes, yeah. under normal circumstances, that's only like a 1% shot. So it's barely a shot. But it's still a legitimate shot. Like, you have right. balls in the lottery, and it's just like, it's weird. And when you're a team that's in that lottery, Avs can say the same thing from before, or even last year, where they had Ottawa's pick, and right. they had the best shot at winning basically first overall, and they didn't. They end up being fourth, getting Bo and Byram. Arguably like one of the better picks in that draft, all this stuff, right? Or sorry, yeah. not Bowen Barm. This is the McCarr pick, I think, right? McCarr. McCarr was oh, the fourth. Yeah. yeah, the fourth overall one. Sorry. I, we talked about Bowen Byram early and got jumbled up. <laughs> but like, right. but right. Like when you're in that, when you're in that like really bottom tier of the draft lottery, where you do have arguably the greatest shot at winning, mm-hmm. you start looking at the other teams that have like minuscule chances. And you're like, why do they even have a minuscule shot? Like, why is that even a thing? And then this year, because it's just extra fucked up, it's just like, <laughs> oh, the Ottawa Senators, because they have two shots at the draft lottery, have the highest chance of getting first overall. But then the second highest chance is the play-in teams. 
to get first right. overall. And you're just like, what the fuck, guys? Like, why? Right. Why is this a thing? <laughs> if you're if you if you are a Senators fan, you are really scared because you know you have two chances with San Jose's pick and your own to get a top three pick, even get the first overall pick. But you also know that there is a really, really bad chance that a team that just was in the play-in round could jump you and, and get a high pick, and you're sitting there like, so we sucked. We didn't do that well. Like they we could, got multiple chances, and we still didn't get anything. Like They could legitimately be the 4-5 pick right? with those yeah. two I mean, picks. Best, I said before on another podcast that the best case scenario for a team like Ottawa would be first – second and like fourth because if it's a top three with the islanders pick islanders get to keep it yeah but that would be their best case scenario i think like the worst case would be something like four five like like 15 yeah like 12 (laughs) so we don't so we don't get a top three pick and but winnipeg or calgary or pittsburgh gets to jump us like 15 freaking spots And they get the top pick. That's yeah. awesome. Like, and we saw that one time recently. I think it was Chicago either last year or a couple years ago where they were like number 14. Yeah, right. In lottery, and they jumped to number three. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't so, it Carolina that jumped about a lot last year? I think they jumped like eight spots. Yeah. They were like nine. To and I'm like, and I said, and I said, if you don't think that this is a possibility that a playing team could get the, get a top three pick, that you haven't been watching the lottery. Yeah. Dude, we're we're year, just playing. We're playing numbers. It's a very good possibility. Like, oh, no, like they say three percent, and I go. Yeah. At times, you could say it's like seventy-five yeah. percent. Like each, my expectation is that one of those playing teams is going to get a top three pick. Yeah, each individual team's three percent, but as a whole, they're twenty-four and a half percent. Sweet. Right. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, it's they're just setting themselves up for that uproar. It's gonna like it's probably gonna happen. Like I feel like we all have that same kind of inkling. It's like something yeah. shitty's gonna happen. And here. it's just like if you, they you win, know it, you know with Gary Bettman that he he's gonna let this happen. He's gonna <laughs> let something really well, and like, happen. This wouldn't even be an issue if the draft lottery was just after the playing round, right? I, well, like I feel like it would be better off exactly. that way. No, yeah. that makes it's sense. like that's what we've kind we of said. It's like we, why rush it? Why are we rushing this? Why rush it so that? A team like New Jersey, LA, Detroit, whatever, Ottawa can sell the fact that they oh they maybe won the first overall pick. Like what what is that going to accomplish? Right, like, right. We we can't you I know from the devil's standpoint, they can't sell that again. They like, can't sell like, yeah. oh, we got the first overall pick. It would just be like Yeah, what did you do with the last one? Last year. <laughs> and the same thing two seasons ago. You are not selling us on anything new. Yeah. And I'm gonna get a call from about 15 different ticket people and saying are you coming to the draft lottery? No, because we've done this before yeah. and I'm tired of it. Right? Yeah. And it's so just like, like and and then like you said earlier, it's like, okay, you 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 try and sell that you got the first, second, third pick, whatever. Go for it. Guess what? That guy's not going to play hockey for 5 more months at minimum. Right. Sweet. Hooray. Awesome. Get excited. Right, right, right. It's like and we'll spend 3 months going all right, who's going to be the first overall pick? And you know what? Like some people have even said, it may not be Lafreniere. It might just, because of how this year has been going, it could be someone completely random that we, it could be Askarov, the goaltender from Russia, that could somehow be the first overall pick. And we're just like, 
yeah, you know what? The way this 2020 has been going, that should not surprise anybody. Yeah, it just, no, nothing like, should surprise you, right? And it's just I like, expect, I expect, this is going to sound crazy, but I actually expect two teams from the play-in to actually get a top three pick. Oh. I expect two. Like, that's how bad I'm worried about it. Like, luckily for me, we have like the sixth best odds. So our chances are, are pretty slim. We have like 7% chance. If we don't get it, I don't think any Devils fan is going to sit there and say, "Wow, this is Damn, bullshit!" <laughs> oh, it's just bullshit. It's like you know what? We've been there and done that. We have stressed out long enough about somehow getting the first overall pick. But if it's if it's a playing team, oh, we're going to be pissed. Yeah, it's just it's like it's uh, it's just so NHL. Look at, look at Jack so- Eichel in Buffalo. He literally just said, like, last week or two weeks ago, he's sick and tired of losing. It's been five years. Now they have a chance to maybe get a player that could help Jack Eichel, but they could also get screwed, move back in the draft, and have a play-in team jump them and get a top pick. At that point, Eichel should just be like, either I'm retiring from hockey because I can't take this crap anymore, <laughs> or I won out of Buffalo. Yeah. Like, it's going to – if somebody is going to get pissed off, Someone's going to get screwed in this draft lottery. I can almost guarantee it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which, I mean, that. but again, to put that in perspective, somebody almost gets screwed every time. That's right? true. But like, this year is going to be like doubly screwed, like you mentioned. The it's McCar- going to feel a lot worse. The McCarr draft, the Avs ended up fourth, right? Like after one of the worst seasons ever. Right. Yeah, in history. They ended up fourth. But then, oh, fun. look, look at the draft. McCarr is arguably the best player in that draft. Sweet. Right. right? No, I mean, that like, was the thing. Like, everybody was saying, oh, I can't believe Colorado, like, because Colorado, we kept saying, like, okay, they're probably going to get the first overall pick. They had such a crappy season. And they dropped out of the top three. So everybody started saying, well, now they're just going to suck even more. And people, some people actually forget that McCarr was that pick yeah. at number four. Right. Had they gotten the first overall pick, I'm pretty sure they don't draft McCarr number one overall. Yeah, right. They probably it, draft Nico or Nolan Patrick. In yeah, that right. Draft. And you look, and like, you look at Yakupov's draft, right? Like, everybody. Everybody shits on the Oilers because it's the Oilers and it's fun because they've had four first overall picks. Yeah, but that draft was awful. Yeah, that was. draft was awful. Like Yakupov was, and don't don't lie to yourself. Yakupov was the consensus number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every team that had first overall would have took Yakupov. Probably now, maybe it was the Oilers system that screwed him up. Maybe. Or maybe uh, he just there's sucked. There's a 99.9% chance that's the case. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're going to joke about it. look at the it. amount of players that have come through Edmonton oh. that either A, are not playing in the NHL anymore, or B, doing well somewhere else. Doing well yes. somewhere else after getting traded for 10 cents on the dollar because they were shitty in Edmonton. 100%. Devin or Dugan, how about getting right? traded yeah. one for one? How about that? <laughs> one for <laughs> one. Hey, uh, Adam Larson's pretty good in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. what I've heard. But right, like that draft, like there's not really a player from the top five in that draft that was like that's turned out star, like star power, right? Mm-hmm. That was just not a good draft. No. And at the same, and like this is supposed to be a really good draft, but you know, you don't know, you never know. Yeah, you never know. No. What, what, you don't know again, until like two or three years after that draft happened. Yeah. Like you just said, would it would it surprise you if the 2020 draft class was hot shit in five years? No. No, because this year is just every year it could be that way. It could right? be like that every single year. Right. Every so single year we could be up a shitty draft. You just on. you just got to do the best you can with the pick you're given. So that's the thing, right? Like, what what can a team possibly sell with the draft lottery results when you can get a guy like Kale McCarr at four? 
Right. Like, yeah. yeah, you can sell hope, but it doesn't mean shit. Nolan Patrick can be there. Friggin- Especially hope for five months. Yeah. Yeah. I right. Like the player. First of all, the player has to have some form of talent. There's no question about that. But then the next part of it, in order for the player to maximize his full potential, is to be put into a system and an organization that is going to help him maximize said potential. So for Makar, he didn't jump right away with um, Colorado. He jumped in in the middle of the playoffs, which I thought was actually one of the smartest moves I have ever seen because he he made an immediate impact. He clearly felt comfortable being with that team in the system that they play in. And this year, he's just a dominant, def- you know, young defenseman. Why? Part of that has to do with the structure that the Colorado Avalanche and Joe Sackick have developed in Colorado the last handful of years. Yeah. So you have that. And so, and then you have something like, um, you know, Nail Yakupov, and you'd say, well, I think it, it, did, it wasn't just because maybe Yakupov didn't have the skill set for the NHL, which, I mean, at times it looked like he did, but it was also Edmonton. And we know Edmonton to not develop their players that well. I mean, unless they're handed a gold satchel like McDavid and Dreisaitl, they don't develop shit. It's like how many chances, how many opportunities is one franchise going to get to get players that they really don't need to develop at all and just literally let them play the way that they can play before you really have to start building a team around them because. Edmonton does have a solid team. And yes, they could definitely make a run like anybody else in the postseason. But if you're really going to rely on only two players, especially when you get in the playoffs, you're going to end up being that way. But with any draft class, the players that you take, you have to develop them correctly and let them maximize their potential. Like one guy on the Devils that I use is Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt was a a sixth-round pick. A sixth-round pick a couple years ago and he is arguably one of the top wingers on the on the on the devils honestly. and again right this the new jersey Devils system saw what was wrong with jesper bratt and got him help and fixed him and he went on a tear last year right and look at pavel zaka everybody wants to sh- to crap on the devils because we drafted zaka over matt barzell first of all nobody thought matt barzell was going to be as good as he actually is now, that's partially because of the system that he and the organization that he plays for. Good job by the Islanders. They didn't screw it up. With <laughs> Pavel Zaka, it's taken him longer because I think the expectations on him originally were too high. And like you mentioned before, Tyler, once the Devils figured out what was wrong with Zaka and what he needed to improve on, he actually had his best season of his career and really improved this season. And, and when they allowed him to just play hockey – he contributed in many different ways that people don't even notice that much, like on the PK and making solid passes to set up other guys. It's different things like that. So not every guy that is a top 10 pick is going to be a star, but sometimes they take a little bit longer to develop. Even a guy like Michael McLeod, who I mention all the time because the dude is 20 years old and they drafted him three years ago and people are like, he can't score a goal. Why is that? Well, he's doing so many other things that are well, but you wouldn't freaking notice that because everybody wants to see him score 87 goals a season. Hey, so, Avs fans. Hey, Avs fans. Not? Does that sound like anyone on the Avs? Oh, right. Uh, I Tyson? Can, I can think of two. Uh, Tyson Jost and the second being a guy that we reap the benefits of said thought process yep. in Chuchi. Yeah. Two guys that both have been dealt that same kind of hand where the development – doesn't match the expectation 
and people just want to freaking run away and trade him away. Nachushkin went back to Russia. The Avs are now banking on or are now reaping the rewards of bringing him back from Russia, and he's crushing. Right. I love you. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows we love Chuchi. Love him. And Tyson Jost was the target of trade request after trade request after trade request when it came to deadline time. And, and he like, he's 22 or 23. Like he's, he's a first round pick, but Hey, just relax. Like not everybody who's drafted in the first or second round is just going to be an automatic stud. Like they, they develop. And there are guys that need a couple of years to just, you know, whether it's playing in the minors or going back to juniors and just allowing them to get more mature, you know, as a person and as a hockey player, like the way that the Devils have handled our top prospect in Ty Smith. How have we handled them? We've literally let him play in juniors so much that he's arguably the best player in the OHL. And that includes forwards because he's just older than everybody. And he's had a lot more success. Now he's going to either come to the big big club or he's going to play down in the minors either way they're taking his approach very slowly because they understand that he has at a huge amount of talent and can become a top defenseman on this team you just have to let him develop naturally instead of trying to force him to you know be this guy that everybody wants to see and notice respect to this player because let me be honest i really love matt duchene like i do I personally feel like the Avs tried to force more out of him than maybe like early on than they probably should have at times. Maybe. And I think that I think that's part of the reason why he got fed up. I think that was one of the reasons he got fed up with being in Colorado. But that was somebody that I think if you had just allowed him to play the game naturally, I think he would have done even more than he actually did. And yeah. the biggest example awesome. of this, other than the guys you mentioned to me, is a guy is two guys. Is Landeskog and McKinney, because both of them have developed into not just stars but big time stars that contribute on a game to game basis. I mean, Landeskog's been there his whole career. So is McKinnon. They've developed under that system, and as a result, they have flourished. Now, unfortunately, with Landeskog, it's a little bit more difficult because of injuries, but he's still flourished many times. Oh yeah. And another guy that I like that really surprised me last year was Philip Grubauer, especially in the playoffs. I said, you know. Holy crap, like where did he – because I know he was in Washington. And then what, did he sign as a free agent in Colorado? Uh, they, traded, they traded for Grubauer kind of before the uh, expansion draft to Vegas. Okay. Because so Ve- Vegas would have took Grubauer in that draft, so Washington yeah. ditched him. Right. So and, and Colorado is reaping the benefits of acquiring Philip Grubauer because – I don't know. Some look- of our fan base doesn't think he's very good. <laughs> well, I mean, true, here's true. the thing. Is Philip Grubauer a top five goalie in the league? Like, no. no, but he's still, he's a playoff goaltender. Once you get in the postseason, especially this year, he's going to be locked and loaded. He proved that last year, especially when I watched him in the series against San Jose, even though he didn't win it. Yeah. How many times did fault. Philip Grubauer just rob like Logan Couture of getting an easy goal by just literally throwing his stick out and <laughs> right. making an unbelievable save, pissing me off to no end? <laughs> yeah. Because I can't tell you the amount of times Phil Grubauer made me want to punch a hole in the wall watching him play last year. It <laughs> just made me to say, I was like, this guy just does not give up like simple goals. Like you see a rebound. Okay. It's going to go in. Nope. Somehow he threw his leg out and it just didn't go in. Sick. I'm glad but, you're saying that. I'm glad you're saying yeah, that. Yeah. Right it definitely feels like a long, like we're very far removed from that playoff run 
just purely because of the fact that like a this season he's had injury troubles, but then Francois has been around, and just the the arguments from I don't know November on it seemed like about Grubauer where oh maybe maybe it's maybe he's not the number one guy maybe it should be Francois maybe we have a goalie battle blah 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 blah, but. I defended him on numerous episodes after the Avs lost or whatever. He let in four or five goals. Mm-hmm. How many how many times did Grubauer let in a goal where it was just straight up the Avs defense or the Avs offensive players playing defense that just didn't cover someone or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's just – or the freaking four or five-layer screens that he had to deal with. It's just like you look at – you look at a lot of Grubauer goals against, and you're like, man, like, what's he supposed to do? Be six six like Ben Bishop? Like, that's the only chance he had. Right. right. No. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe right. he's not the biggest guy in the league, obviously, but he fucking certainly moves around and tries to be. Exactly, and he he's one of the more I would say he's one of the more agile goaltenders because sure. he's not the biggest. He's a lot quicker when it comes to you know going from post to post. As a result, he's made saves that some other goaltenders have not. I played goaltender for a couple of years, so I feel that I have a, a, a relatively good understanding of the position. There are times where you're just going to give up a goal and everybody wants to immediately cuss out the goaltender when if mm. you look at it from like a specific, you'd say, okay, well, it was deflected. I'm sorry, how many times is a goaltender still going to make the save if it got deflected? Yeah. Or, oh, it hit off of the defenseman and in. How exactly are we blaming the goaltender? If a player on the other team gets a breakaway, is it immediately the goaltender's fault that the guy is coming down on a breakaway? No. Are there times when the defense just flat out lets somebody walk into the slot and does not make a move? Was it off? And that was, I think, that was something I noticed watching them play San Jose in the second round last year, particularly with Logan Couture. I don't know why they kept allowing him to be that wide open in so many different parts. He would just literally stand right next to Grubauer, and it's like. There's nobody within six feet. They were practicing social distancing before social distancing <laughs> was cool, where Logan Couture was six feet apart from all the other defenders on the avalanche, and he was getting tip pucks, and he was finding the back of the net consistently. It's like, how long do you allow that to happen before you make a change? And then after a while, as a goaltender, you say to yourself, well, I can't literally make every save. And like you said, Todd, it's like, I'm not 6'6". Six, six. I'm not Ben Bishop. Yeah. I could just throw my body out and I'm most of the time I'm going to block it just because yeah. I'm that massive. Yeah. It's we, we talked about it last week with uh, the Habs guys. Jeez. The brain is everything's mush. Uh, <laughs> we talked about it. Like when, when we go, when we look at the abs team, I don't think goaltending is the strength of the abs just because the, like the offense is led by McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Duh. Strength. The defense especially the offensive side of the defense is led by McCarr. The defensive side sometimes is led by McCarr too. I think the weakest position or like ju- just, just the weakest part of the abs as a whole, it has to be the goaltending, but I'm not saying it's weak. I'm just saying no. it's, it's average or maybe a little above average, but it's not, it's not Carey price. It's not Ben Bishop. It's not, you know, right. Jonathan quick of the playoff or the cup runs, right? Like Grubauer could be that hundred percent. Right, it's just like any. Yeah, we don't know yet, right? It's just like any Stanley Cup run. Generally, the goalie just goes off. Right, but I'm also not like he, he's. I, I can't. I can't put him in the category of being top five in the league. Just like you yeah. said, right? Like you can't. But at the you same can't. time, could he play like that in the playoffs? Hell yeah. 
There's the, the like playoffs he, are made for goaltenders. The yeah. goaltenders, that's when they shine the brightest because a lot of the time throughout the regular season, goaltenders are tending to have four, five, six bad games. They give up just a bunch of goals and they look like garbage. Once you get into the playoffs and you're in that mode of being super focused, a lot of the time the goaltender is going to beat out guys when it comes to per- performing at a high level. And well, part of the reason, like, part of the reason that too, right, is you look at you look at a, a hockey game in general, right? Generally mm-hmm. speaking, like your McKinnons, your Crosbys, your McDavid's are going to get canceled out by the other team's top offensive line. Uh, sorry, top defensive forward line plus their top defensive pairs, right? And generally speaking, like your top sixes cancel each other out. There's nobody in the game that can cancel a goalie out. Period. Absolutely right. I agree. Right? No. The, I, I don't the, agree. Only time, the only people that cancel the goalie out is their own teammates being right idiots right yeah exactly. yeah i see what you mean right yeah. or or, I mean, or Kreider. or Kreider. yeah <laughs> yeah that's how you cancel I, out a goalie uh, Just... yep yeah, well i mean you know look oh he'll shit. get an opportunity he'll get an opportunity it wouldn't surprise me if he tried to go after uh what are they playing carolina yeah they'll he'll definitely try to go after morazic yeah, they yeah. don't need him they don't but carolina doesn't need morazic they can I will go also with for even a team like Colorado, you don't need to have two star-studded goaltenders backing, you know, between the pipes. If you have two solid goaltenders, like I think Colorado does, you're fine because the way the league has, has shaped the last couple of years is that it's not, it's no longer about having one good goaltender. You need to have two. You need to have two guys that it doesn't matter who you plug in. The team's going to be confident that you have them in net and you're going to go win. And you saw that even last, even the year before when it was you know, Vasilevsky and Louis Domingue in net for Tampa. And Louis Domingue had one of the greatest seasons uh, record-wise for a backup goaltender when he went 21-2-0 in his 25 starts. I mean, that's incredible. But you feel confident. And I know that's part part of it has to do with the team he's playing around. But still, you got to make saves and you got to win games. Yeah, so sure. Colorado is in one of those situations, just like a lot of teams, where they could make a long run in this postseason with no fans – you know, no other outside noise, just pure focus of going back to playing hockey that you used to play on the ponds or that you played, you know, when you were a little kid, when there weren't that many people in the stands, you just kind of go back to that. And it's just back to playing the basic game. And I think once we get into a playoff mode and especially with goaltenders, they get going, it's going to be, we're going to start to see some hockey games that we were accustomed to seeing in the playoffs. I think we'll definitely get some games where the goaltender it's just going to steal the show. And I think we'll see that with what Pittsburgh is worried about with Carey Price stealing them a couple of games. It wouldn't shock me at all if Carey Price, being the goaltender that he is, in a short series like that, would steal a couple of games. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the, we talked about that a lot Again, the, question, the biggest question mark going into this playoff format, this situation, this everything, the restart of the NHL, all that, who can get their, get, get their game going and get on – the peak performance of their game the fastest is probably going to be the team that wins the cup. Yeah. I agree. Can not right. argue that? Right. Yeah. It, 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 and yes, you, you can say that's just a form of getting hot, but it's, it's just so different. Like, like I said earlier, it's just a case of like, normally speaking, the team that wins the cup is who gets hottest. Mm-hmm. Well, that this year isn't about getting hot. It's about getting ready to go. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a similar, it's a similar thing, but it's just, it's going to be so much harder to achieve this year. Right. It's, it's who is going to be the most prepared when we get back to playing hockey again. 
which Whoever hopefully is, hopefully is going- Jared Bednar was right and said when he said his team was ready to go in probably two weeks back in I, I I don't know, that. April. Yeah, I mean, he, he he feels pretty confident about the team that he has. So, you know, again, if that team is Colorado, then Colorado's going to go win the cup because they're even with the training camps that these teams are going to get, it's not until they actually get on the ice and they start playing against someone else that they're really going to get their game back together. They're going to get their legs back under them yep. and they'll get back into somewhat of a routine. And whoever's the quickest to get back to that is going to have the most success and is going to make the longest run. For sure. Would it surprise me if it was one of the teams in the play-in round? Not as much because even though the teams who are playing for you know the seeds are also going to be playing as well, you know, they might not play as hard because they want to keep themselves fresh for when they start the playoffs. For another team, like, we're fighting for a playoff lives, lives right from day one. I think it's also going to help, too, the fact that you're going to, like, the teams in the playoff or the play-in rounds are going to have the the ability to play the same team, mm-hmm. which you're going you're gonna to get ready to roll in that same playoff format where, you're playing the same team over and over again. You're adjusting to the same team where the teams in the playing rounds, it's going to feel more exhibition like because of the fact, Excuse me. because of the fact that they're playing separate, like different teams every time you can't adjust like, Oh, we saw this yesterday. We're going to adjust. We're going to do this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think that's going to give teams a little leg up in the playing round. That being said, I think the teams in the top four on in each conference are going to be fine. They deserve to be there. Right. Like, in the West, it's it's St. Louis, Colorado, uh, Dallas, and why can't I think of the Pacific representative? Geez. Pacific is Vegas, um, Edmonton, uh, Calgary? Yeah, I think it's Vegas. It's in, yeah, it's Vegas. Yeah. I think that's it. Because L.A., uh, Anaheim, and San Jose are not in it. Yeah, so like you're looking like your top four is looking St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Vegas. Like, those teams deserve to be there. I don't see it being an issue. Like, uh, another thing with it, too, right, is the fact that they're all really good teams. Right. For the various reasons, right? St. Louis is the Mm -hmm. cup, like, defending cup champs. Like, they're still a very good team. Dallas, it's the Ben Bishop show, right? As Avs fans, we know. Like, the amount of times, the three games, I think, or four games they played this year, I think the Avs scored two goals, right? And you're just like, this is like Ben Bishop is a cheat code. And if he is on his game, he is going to be terrifying. Out of all the players in the league, like he's one of the, he's one of my top guys. And I'm like, I really wish he wins a cup because I feel like he really deserves it considering what he's done. Yeah. He's had to battle injuries so many times. He had to carry Tampa. And I'm going to be very honest with you. When they made the finals of 2015, he was a big reason they were there in the first place. Yeah. And then he gets hurt in the finals. And then that ended his time in, in Tampa because Vasilevsky came in and all of a sudden everybody was like, well, forget Ben Bishop. He goes to Dallas. And if it wasn't for Pat Maroon scoring that goal in game seven, Dallas might've gone to the conference finals and who knows, maybe they go to the Stanley yep. cup finals and beat Boston in seven. Like right. who knows? And then but- Vegas is Vegas, right? Like, yeah, Vegas. Vegas is, Vegas is better than in theory on paper. They're better than they were when they went to the Cup final to begin with, right? They're better than they were. They're they are a better team than they were last year. Yeah, in my opinion. right. They so it's just like the years. top four in the West is great. The top four in the East is pretty solid. 
assume like right Boston Tampa just ridiculous, and then you got uh, Washington Philly. And you're just, like the fact that Philly's in the top four in the West, you're right, or in right. the East is hilarious to me. Like no, hilarious. it's so funny because it's like you would have thought in the 2014 playoff, okay. Philly probably would be having to fight for their playoff line. No, yeah. it's actually Pittsburgh that has to yeah. do it. Right. And Philly's like, all right, sick. We don't have to worry about that. Like, so, let's just. Again, right. Like, I, I think the top fours are fine because they're, for the majority, they're really good teams. They'll, like, yeah. they'll figure it out. But again, Tampa Bay has shown that they might not be as ready to go as always. And then Philly's Philly, which, like, one day of the week, Philly's really good. The next day of the week, they're not. Well, they've I mean, been the like that forever. Question, the biggest question, like it is every year, and I've talked to Flyers fans, is is their goaltending going to be good enough for them to make that run? Yeah. So Carter Hart is now technically their future. Is Carter Hart ready to go? Is he going yeah. to is he going to be another, you know, uh Leighton? Is he gonna be another, you know, Brian Boucher, where like he shows promise and then like when it matters most. He just gives up seven goals a game because I can't tell you the amount of years it's been since Phillies, you know, didn't complain about the fact that their goaltending was was ridiculous because they've always had solid wingers, a solid forward, solid defense, but they would always lose in the playoffs primarily because their goaltending couldn't stop a puck at all. They would just struggle. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> yeah. It's only game. <laughs> right? So uh, it's just – it's. Again, uh, we've said it a million times, and we'll say it a million times more. I can't wait. I cannot wait. The format's <laughs> fine. Like The format is getting us back to playing hockey. It may not be ideal. It was never going to be ideal. Right. But we're going to deal with what we got. I hope the app's crushed, and it's just – it is what it is. And I will say this, that I approve of this more than I approve of what the NBA is doing, where they're like, oh, we're going to play eight regular season games. But not the whole league. But 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 not the whole league. Like, oh, we'll have 13 teams in the West, but only nine in the East, so we can make it 22. And I'm like, it's so yeah, it's so you know messed what? up. Like, like I get it. I know that the NBA means well, but like they could have spent a little bit more time figuring that out, or they could have looked at the NHL and said. Maybe we should try to do something like that. Like, well, then, of like this- there was rumors that it was going to be like. March Madness bracket style, like just one win and you're in kind of thing. Right, and as, like... a, as a as a Brooklyn Nets fan, they said like, oh, they're playing the Lakers in round one. I'm like, okay, sure, why not? We'll play the Lakers round one. The hell do we got to lose? We got, <laughs> I mean, know, that's fair. You know, that you like, we win one game in that series. It's an accomplishment in itself. So there we go. Yeah, but... right. So it's just, I, I think, I think the NHL is looking at the best possible option mm-hmm. that like that, that have been approved. And like you said, the NBA's option is very odd. Uh, it's just when we get right down to it, like the end of the playing round is going to tell you whether or not it was a mistake. Right. Like, like you said, upsets, upsets are probably going to happen that like, there's a very high chance it's going to happen. They just need to not be the 12 seeds for this to like, just be a complete gong show. Right. All Ba- like, like uh, we said it, I think last week and the week before, the teams that were actively trying to be in the playoffs, like e- Arizona, yes, maybe they weren't having a great season, but they traded for Taylor Hall. They were trying. If they upset a team, I'm not upset. I'm not. No. It's a team like Montreal 
who was trading away the farm and trading away everything, that if they win around, it's just like, oh, my God. They weren't even trying to be in. It's the thing that and I hope. And now they're, they're going to make this long run and piss off And everybody. now they're going to make Pittsburgh have a shot at first overall. Perfect. Right. Right. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Like, the hope that I have is that we have some upsets. None of the playing teams get a top three pick. And that's it. Like, we just move on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then, if we get then to that point, I'll happened. say, okay, it wasn't a mistake. It's going to work out. It's fine. But if we have upsets and then, like, one or, God forbid, two teams in the play-in get a top three pick, I would go to my grave saying that was the dumbest decision that we could have ever made as a hockey community. And, all, and all it is is fucking statistics that nobody likes. And yeah. here's the other thing that's bad about the fact that the lottery is happening before we even have a play-in is that once we know, especially if it's one or two teams playing, you don't think that some teams may just decide to not win in order to get that pick? No. You don't think I mean, taking it would happen? Because it would possible. happen. Yeah. Like thanks, thankfully, well, the, NBA, the NBA, the NBA is not doing the lottery until after they do the eight games and they do all this other oh. stuff because they're like, we are not trying to make people tank here. We're trying to make this as fair as possible. Thankfully, Genius. thankfully, the phase two, like as as finicky and ridiculous as it is, if if it was strictly a case of like the way that the way the NHL laid it out first, where it was. Team A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. If if that was like, okay, Team A is this plan, Team B, like Team A is the loser of plan A. Team B is the loser of plan B. Like if it was straight up like you knew which team you would be if you lost and the phase two lottery drafting didn't exist as gimmicky as it is, then you would really see that tanking question mark right. for sure. Yeah. Right, but I thankfully the secondary fit, like the phase two draft lottery, is there. But the whole situation is gone if you just wait. <laughs> right, right, right. We don't have to. We're not sitting here complaining and talking about it and speculating that Pittsburgh or Edmonton is going to get the number one overall pick because you know because of the stupid lottery. Yeah, it's like they just like, won. It's fine. It's, we don't have to. Think no, it's like, all right, cool. Like I don't like 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 let's just drop it. Like these teams they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Fine. Like let's just let's move on. But like for any team or any fan of the seven teams that are not in it that know that for the next 6 months they will have nothing to look forward to for, until December if they get screwed again by this lottery <laughs> Then shit's gonna really, really hit the fan. You know, like, you know what? There it are is? going to be pro. There are going to be protests for that. <laughs> yeah. There are yeah. gonna be people like doing that crap. You know what it is? We've joked about how, like, joked, said whatever about how Detroit deserves where they're at because they had twenty-five years of straight playoff success. Yes. yes. This is just the ultimate payback. This this is happening because of them. <laughs> because they're getting punished in one foul swoop yeah where yeah. it's just like tw you guys had 25 years of success this is the ultimate way we can screw you over for six months for being in this bad because you right. were so good for so long right we'll screw you over by even though you have the highest odds 
You're not getting the first overall. Like, you're not, you're not getting it, and you're going to fume for six months. The over worst it. they can move up, move down is like four, right? Yeah, I think the four. Yeah, that would be like for everyone else. That would be best case. They drop out of the top three, and it's like you know two teams that you know play the play around, and then like <laughs> they're just going to sit there and fume for six months. Just so be like, like yeah, we had this coming. Yeah. Like, and so just be like, this is for let's see, this is for 1998. This is for 2002. This is for Mike Vernon beating the crap out of Patrick Wall. This is for everything else. Like it would just be like for absolutely everything you enjoyed. This is for that. Screw everything you, you know and love has been destroyed, and this is your and this is what you get now. So I mean, it would, I would laugh. Like I would laugh because Red Wings fans would be like, "We suffered the worst season in franchise history, and we don't even have a top three pick." Yeah. We're we're trying so we're not even trying to be this bad. Yep. <laughs> it's just we're... happening. But anyway, I mean, uh, unless, they, unless they keep Jimmy Howard, keep the, yeah. keep the time rolling. Jesus, that just keep continues the... to be a oh, question mark every it year. It seems like he already said he already said that he's coming back. He's like he's like I'm not retiring for another three or four years. And I'm like, oh, do you why, understand buddy? where you are in your career? Why, buddy? Why? Just putting himself through punishment, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Especially as with as per usual, uh, it's been like an hour. At hour least. and a half, almost. Like yeah. we like we said. Uh, awesome. What are you gonna talk about? I don't know stuff for hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before hey, we... that's, when I, that's when I was on when we were when I was working with uh, Shane and Bayou on the Devils. It was the same thing. It was like, all right, well, let's talk about. Oh, how do you pronounce? Is it Quebec? Is it Quebec? Or how do you pronounce Tyler Sagan's last name? Is it Seguin or is it Sagan? <laughs> if you listen to those last few episodes, that's literally what we talked about for an hour and a half long. That's interesting. That's uh... gotta get your content somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Um, anyway, before we let you go, you want to plug your, plug your stuff. Sure. So again, again, um, I'm taking over the devil's podcast. It's now the Devil's state of mind podcast. So if you're a New Jersey devil's fan or hockey fan, you can check it out. A new episode every, uh, what is it now? Every Monday, I'm not mistaken. Every Monday now. Um, you could also check out, um, I mean, you can check out my, my sports podcast and YouTube channel called Mofobos. That's M O F O. B-O, and then it's just network, and it's either you can listen to the podcast on Anchor or Spotify or check out the YouTube channel as well um, to see, you know, different topics that I brought up. You can check out my Instagram at NVPQB11 and also my Twitter at T-H-E, as you see right here, T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W. And just also we have uh, in, uh, social media accounts for the Devil's State of Mind an Instagram, a Facebook page, and a Twitter. And uh, we're getting that stuff rolling. And also, I guess I would say last but not least, um, I have my first book on Amazon called J-E-T-S Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. Ouch. So, yeah, exactly. So luckily the Jets have given me enough uh, ammo to put together this book. Um, it's it's up on Amazon for sale for 1969. And if you're a Jets fan... You probably figured why um, I made that specific uh, question. Question yeah. one about your book: um, sure. What chapter is the butt fumble? Uh, everyone. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, it should be uh, everyone. Right. So, um, if you check this out, actually, as you get to check out my room, this is um, it's right here. This is my book. So it's on Amazon. 
And, uh, you know, you can go check it out. And, you know, it's on ebook and also hardcover as well. That's so sweet, can, man. So, uh, but yeah, that's, um, as Bayou says, that is my, my uh, 10 page paragraph of, um, of my stuff. <laughs> awesome, man. Gonna, and thank you guys again, by the way, for man. having me on. It, it's, it's, I've, I've had fun as, as I always do here. So, I, so excited I, to have you on the network. Um, finally finally sounds like someone that's here to stay for the jersey podcast it's been mm-hmm. a it's been a roller coaster over there for all the whole yeah. season but uh yeah. 2020 2021 is going to be a better it's a better be year, banger right? hopefully yep. yep hopefully a better year for the podcast and also the team yep yeah all right yeah. man th- th- thanks a bunch for joining us and uh we will um, catch you probably in the playing round maybe for some chats or something i don't know we'll see hey i'll, I'll definitely i'll definitely hop on no doubt Awesome. Oh, yeah, man. So, so I'm, I'm always around, so just let me know. Perfect. Thanks, man. No problem. We'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Cheers. Again, thanks to Neil, man. That was a blast. It was long as usual. I hope you enjoyed everything. Uh, it was kind of all over the place. Lots of draft lottery talk. But, I mean, really, what can you expect out of the New Jersey Devils who had a really blame season and – an unfortunate one. When, when, like he pointed out, when you get a look at the prospect of having no hockey for six months and the hockey you did have before and probably after wasn't exactly all that hot and entertaining. Um, yeah, I'd be a little bummed too. Yeah. Especially with the prospect of a playing team winning the lottery. It's got to be rough. Uh, but yeah, again, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Offside by a Mile podcast for the, the season. Every episode, this is what, 62, Brett? 62 or 63? 60, 62, yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's crazy it's been, that we... Man. Just, man. Yeah. Like, I know we... we going it would have been more. It would have been more going to a, seat, like, to a week, but and we kind of cut her down at the end there, but that's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of content, and... I'm really happy that everybody like enjoyed it that came and checked us out and stuck around. Hopefully it's been a blast, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so we will see you in July. Fingers crossed. Nothing goes sideways until then. I want hockey back. I think everybody wants hockey back. Let's see you then. We will, we will see you in July. Fingers crossed. Adios. The biggest thing you can do to support us is by going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you're looking to donate to the network, visit the Hockey Podcast Network's Patreon page. All donations go straight to the podcast host. Thanks, and see you next episode. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.